And still today, there is no camera able to do the same thing with the same quality. Science, history, and art sometimes come together in the most fascinating ways. We got a great question relating to this, asking about a headline detailing a new technology, looking at layers of classic paintings, and uncovering some of their origin stories. So we went straight to the engineer. My guest today is a good friend of the Museum of Science, Pascal Cotte, an optical engineer with Lumiere Technology, who has used his expertise to develop a camera that allowed him to unravel secrets surrounding perhaps the most famous painting of all time, the Mona Lisa. Pascal, thanks for calling into the podcast from across the Atlantic. How's the weather in France? Uh, in France, it's raining now. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's very good. Uh, no, no problem. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your work with the Mona Lisa. How long have you been studying this piece of art? Uh, the Mona Lisa, yes. I digitized the Mona Lisa in October 2004 on the demand of the Louvre Museum, because I use a new camera. So uh, I published last year a, a new discovery on, on Mona Lisa using the same data that I have uh, collected in 2004. I collect 3 billion of data on, on Mona Lisa, and that take years to analyze all of this data. That sounds like a whole lot of work. What does this data tell you about the painting? For each pixel, I have an information of the interaction of the light with the materials. And in this interaction, reveal the material inside the layer of paint. So I developed and I wrote a software to extract information. And we were talking about your multispectral camera that you designed last time you visited the museum. It's no ordinary camera. Yes, because I scan all the wavelengths from the UV range to the infrared range, and I cut small band inside the, the visible range and the infrared range. I increase all the technical possibilities. I go to the limit of the resolution, to the limit of the capabilities that how we can digitize it with the precision. This camera is very uh, interesting because um, 20 years later, I reveal new information that today the Louvre Museum was not able to see the underdrawing of the Mona Lisa. Today. And that's what I wanted to get to next, this underdrawing or spolvero. What is it? Ah, the spolvero. So in the workshop of the master Verrocchio, where Leonardo learned the painting technique, they make a drawing on a paper. And then to transfer the drawing on the plank of poplar, the, on the wood, because at this time, Leonardo paint only on wood, he make uh, all using a pin around all the line of the drawing. He put the drawing on the plank of poplar and then he transfer with the black pigment. So the black pigment goes through the hole of the cartoon. Then you remove the cartoon and you have on the plank of poplar, you have only the small dots of black. Then he use a brush with very liquid pigment and then he redraw a second time all the outline of the drawing. So this discovery you've made of the existence of the Spolvero, can you walk us through how it gives insight into the painting of the Mona Lisa? Leonardo, of course, was a genius, no problem. But Leonardo changed his mind many times. And the Spolvero revealed not only the underdrawing of Mona Lisa, but revealed that Leonardo changed his mind three times. 
So first, you make a drawing, probably not for Mona Lisa, probably for another project. This project could be Virgin or Madonna. Then he changed his mind and make a first version of Mona Lisa, but the real Mona Lisa, the real portrait of Lisa Gerardini, wife of Francesco del Giocondo. What we have published is the underdrawing of this version. And we clearly see that the head is turned slightly on the right. And of course, you have the final version today in the Louvre with the face looking at you at the spectator. About the last version, we don't know who is this portrait. Some historians say, yes, this is the same Lisa Gerardini. Other art historians say, no, no, it's a different project. So we don't know. I am engineer, optical engineer. The only things that I can say, we are in front of a painting with at least three stages. So you are an engineer by background. How did the opportunity to scan the Mona Lisa come about? Oh, it's just an opportunity uh, one day because I designed this camera. I am engineer. I develop uh, scanners. And uh, one day I meet someone of the Louvre Museum and uh, he tell me, oh, why we cannot use your technique for painting? I say, why not? Of course, scanning the Mona Lisa gives me a lot of interest and uh, I get a lot of demands on the art world. And so I decide, of course, to invest more in this market. So your camera was not originally designed with classic artworks in mind? I know, the purpose was to obtain picture with a very accurate color precision. When you take a photo with a usual camera, in fact, you have some colors that are quite impossible to reproduce. For the industry of fabrics, it was a big problem because if you have a fashion on this color, this is not the same if you change a little. You have to be very precise when you digitize a color and the only way to increase the precision of the color accuracy is to make the multispectrum. There is no other way. Did that original camera look beyond visible light to infrared and ultraviolet? No, no, just the visible range. But when I work for the Louvre Museum, I decide to increase the range, covering not only the visible range, but to increase to the near infrared and the near ultraviolet because the two are very important for a work of art and to understand because we do not make a photo. We make a photo, of course, but we also make a measurement. We make a scientific measurement and we do not measure a picture, but we measure the interaction of the light and the materials because the layer of paint for example, for Mona Lisa, it's the thickness is about one millimeter. But the light can penetrate inside this layer of paint and do not interact only on the surface of the painting, but they interact also on the background of the painting. And this is where you can take the measurements from your camera and use them to learn more about the techniques of an artist. Can you give an example? For Leonardo, it was very important. This was very important because he paints only on a white surface because the white reflects the light. So he has in, in his mind that the final version of the painting, the light has to penetrate, reflect on the white surface, and go back to uh, the spectator. 
sometimes when you have to make, uh, for example, some shadows, it will extinguish the white, putting a, a layer of brown or black pigment, just a layer, transparent, but just to attenuate the light because he, he always thinks that it will be more easy for him to paint where the shadows are already extinguished. And finally, what are you working on now? And is your research on the Mona Lisa still ongoing? I work on many painters in the laboratory of the University of Bologna. We work on the Guercino, famous Italian painter. But of course, I continue to work on Mona Lisa because there is a lot of things to discover. Well, we look forward to hearing about what else you'll find out. Pascal, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you, and uh, everybody. Hi, Boston. For more on the intersection of art and science, visit our website for our Sparks of Science video series, featuring a look at a visitor favorite at the Museum of Science, our audio-kinetic sculpture called Archimedean Excogitation. Until next time, keep asking questions. <laughs>